Thanks for joining us again on Current Affairs Taiwan. We've got quite a show coming up for you. What do we got, Mike? Well, today we have Sonny and Cher. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Cher Wang. I got so confused. <laughs> yes. And the KMT chair election and some talk of Fu Kunqi, the king of Hualien, mm. who might be moving into a position in the throne of the KMT. Dun, dun, dun. And the uh, China Airlines, maybe it'll change its name. And some talk of how wonderfully the CDC has been handling, and the Tsai administration has been handling coronavirus. And finally, we'll end with Han Goyu, who left us with another moment of comedy on 228. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi. Welcome to another edition of Current Affairs Taiwan. I'm not Donovan Smith, and this is not Michael Turton. That's right. Uh, and now, Dunvin will be here with a word from our, our sponsor. sponsor. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Tainan May Jam. This year is the 20th anniversary of this free all-original music festival. This year, it is May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Check out MayJam.com or Tainan May Jam on Facebook. And I hope to see everyone there. All right. So, what have we got on the show today? We have uh, a lot going on in the KMT. Well, right. there's the chairmanship race, of yeah. course. Should we kick off with that? Yeah. And the whole kerfuffle over uh, Fu Kunqi, the mm -hmm. king of Hualien. The king of Hualien, yeah. So Fu was the... Originally came to here and he was kicked out for insider trading, was it? After he was convicted he of that? He a few things. There's, I think, yeah. corruption, insider trading. Um, he was at one time PFP, then he was KMT. And during the Ma era, when they were trying to cut down on the image of corruption in the party, they kicked him out. I see then he was the the county commissioner for Hualien, and yeah. then he had to leave or he left, and then his wife filled in for him. And then he ran in the last uh, legislative election, and he beat out both the KMT and the DPP candidates. Running as an independent. As an independent, that's right. He has immense connections down there in Hualien, so mm -hmm. it's really not surprising. And around the country. So the KMT is basically divided over whether or not to bring him in. We talked a little about this last week. Mm -hmm. The pro-Ma people are, are hesitating. They don't want to bring him in. Yep. Jim Putong specifically. So I was interested to hear you tell me that Hao Longbing, the former Taipei mayor who lost a couple of elections since then, uh, is running. who is running for KMT chairmanship, uh, how is supporting Fun? Uh, Fu Kunqi re-entering the KMT because the KMT wants his legislative seat so they can increase the size of their caucus. Yeah, so they'd go from 38 to 39 seats, yeah. So I was interested to hear that Hao's supporting that. What was uh, Johnny Zhang, who's Hao's rival for the chairmanship position? He basically said it should go through the normal channels. So he dodged the whole issue. Basically, yeah. I mean, he wasn't saying yes or no. But of course, the he's an influential figure, so there will be some votes could come with his endorsement if Fu were to actually endorse anyone. So there's that. Well, that's what I'm thinking. We've been talking, you and I have been talking on and off about uh, Han Guoyu, who's currently mayor of Kaohsiung, but is facing a recall that he may very well lose. Mm-hmm especially after this week and we'll get back we'll get to that mm -hmm. but uh han had run for chairman before and then he had in november he had before the election in november he'd been packing the kmt with his own people he'd been trying to get them to register as members you mm -hmm. you had been telling me about that which would which would seem to imply that he's going to run at some point right so if he loses the election 
the recall. It, it, the recall, Re- sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a re-election. Uh, then they hold the election again. And if he loses the recall, that won't help him run. That won't help him become KMT chairman. But I'm wondering if someone as powerful as Fu Quanxi, who you were saying he had a lot of support inside the KMT. Yeah, well, that was something I was reading today, and I talked a little bit about it on the Taiwan Report news brief. It's there was a an article. Wait, stop. Taiwan Report. Report. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and so it was saying that he has a lot of supporters, possibly as much as a quarter to a third of the party he has some influence over. Now, how accurate that is, I don't know. But one thing I remember about Fu Quanxi is early on, he was a big supporter of Han Guoyu. Yeah, exactly. And he was running around the country supporting Han. And so really what's really interesting here is that he may become a player possibly in next Saturday's KMT chair by-election. Right. But also there's the issue of the next official chair election for the KMT is next May of 2021. So that's actually maybe the big prize. I think that's – and, you know, Fu himself probably cannot become chairman because of his background. Mm -hmm. They won't let him run. Yeah. But Han, I could easily see him supporting Han. Yes. And he could bring a lot of support to Han. Mm-hmm. So, well, three of uh, Fu Quanji's ex-officials recently were uh, punished for buying off media figures for positive coverage <laughs> for Fu when he was the county commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, who knows? I, I, maybe there's a, a winning strategy there. Somewhere. If he backs Han. <laughs> so, I mean, I reckon that if Han loses the recall, that makes it really hard for him to run for KMT chair next May. I agree with that, but the KMT is so... You know, look at look at uh, Hong Xiaoju. She got blown out in the election, and then she became the chairman. True. Now, it wasn't for that long, though. Well, true. Yeah. But she did do it. It was kind of a compensation prize, it, right. it looked like. I mean, they it didn't look like they were... They wanted to back her long term. They, yeah. they, they went with Wu Duanyi for that. Sure, but at least they... They, they gave her that in consolation for being kicked off the uh, ballot because yeah. she was doing so poorly. Now, here's a, an interesting, just a little historical tidbit. One of the reasons why we think that uh, that Hangul, you might actually want to run for the KMT chair is because he ran before. Right. Back against Wu Duanyi. And this, it's a very interesting story because he got, I forget, something like 15% of the vote. I don't remember. But he was had the head of the Taipei Agricultural promotion and marketing organization. Right. Not a very important or high-profile fa- position. And Hang Guoyu had the temerity to run against Wu Duanyi. And so Wu Duanyi, basically, it looks to me like he ba- he exiled him to Kaohsiung thinking, ah, you know, we could never win in Kaohsiung. So this was his way of sort of sending him off to Siberia. Hang Guoyu hooks up with Wang Jinping and wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, who did you say? What name was that? Wang Jinping. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard about that he, one in a while. He's quiet. I really yeah. want to look up, see what he's doing right now. I want to go sit in a bar and drink with him. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, man. I told you about the time when uh, Lu Xiuyen was launching her campaign. Uh-huh. And I was brought in. I was the Taichung American Chamber of Commerce ch- uh, chair at the time. So I was brought in to, to try and meet with Lu Xiuyen. And they shunted me off into a side waiting room. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk in, and the first thing I see is Wang Jinping 
with his arm around uh, on the shoulder of Yenqing Biao, and they're like real close and, and chatting. And so I took a picture of that. What was very interesting about that room, though, because there was a, this was the launch of Lu Xueyan's campaign, so all the big shots were there. Mm-hmm. The, the room that I was shunted into basically was all the big Taiwanese politicians. And who it was, but the, except for one, Joe Shiwei was in there. Joe Shiwei was in there. Wow. That's right. And Joe Shiwei, the ex Taipei County Commissioner right. back when it was Taipei After County. Suzanne Tang. And he was only one term. And he gave an interview with Deutsche Wells, which he basically <laughs> sounded pretty close to the new party. Uh, but He's it, way out there. there was a separate waiting room where Mind Joe, Jason Hu, oh. all the mainlanders were. Are you were. saying the separate way the, the rooms were, were separated by ethnic origin? I'm sure it was a separate but equal sort of arrangement. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, anyway, no. sorry, I'm, tan- I'm this is a tangent here. So anyway, but basically Wang Jinping, Yang Qingbiao are, are, were at the time, along with maybe Fu Quanqi, the, the most famous factional Pauls. Yeah. Yeah. And and the only one left, well, the only one left now is, is Fu, right? Is, and and Yang Qingbiao. Yang Qingbiao is still around. Yeah. But uh, he's also pretty quiet. Well, his son, except for the Mafia procession, yeah. I mean, his son just lost the seat that he used to hold as legislator. Right. So that was a bit of a blow to the black faction and, and uh, Yen's family. But his daughter is still uh, in the city council, oh, and okay. she's the deputy speaker of the Taichung City Council. Okay, and the speaker is a key post in city council. Yeah, I think that's red faction. Yeah, because they determine they determine what gets on the agenda, which in turn determines. Which dollars go where? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to get back to Fu Quanqi, what I was thinking mm-hmm. was, as, as, as we were saying, he's, he's a strong supporter of Han. And I expect if he goes back into the KMT, that will increase Han's chances of becoming the chairman next year, which I can't believe he's going to give that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we know that he wants the position because he already ran once before. Right. So. All right. So. Should we talk you know, about hands gaffes? No, not yet. Oh. What I want to do is I sent you, I, I sparked a little bit of uh, writing on your part, I think yesterday or today. I sent you a question. I said, what did Ho Yoe say? Who is he supporting in the KMT chairman election? Yes, actually you did. Yeah. That got me thinking. Yeah, because I couldn't remember hearing who was endorsing who. Mm-hmm. So I asked about Ho because he's such a huge figure. He's a Taiwanese politician, Ho Yoe, and he's currently the mayor of New Taipei City. Mm-hmm. And he basically did not get he he did not really get behind Han in the election except at the end when he had to right when he absolutely had to yeah, yeah. so he's been he's he's clean as far as anyone knows former police mm-hmm. national police chief right yeah and he's got uh, he's doing really well he's popular mm-hmm. highly rated by the people that he's the mayor of yeah so who is he endorsing in the KMT race is, who is anyone endorsing is, is anyone endorsing anyone that's exactly what I've been wondering and. It was that question which got me got me thinking is that right now the only – as far as I know, the only endorsements that I've seen, Jason Hu, which is a bit of a blow to Johnny Chang because they're fellow Taijungers, but he showed up at, uh, at, at How Long Bin's when he registered for his candidacy for KMT chair. Wow. Yen Quanhang, Yen Qingbiao's son, supports Johnny Chang. Of course. And there's a few other sort of minor endorsements, but nothing big. Who does Ma Mainjo support? 
we can guess. It's got to be how it has to be. Yeah, you'd assume it would be, of course. Right. What about Lu Yin? Silence. Silence, as far as I've seen. But Johnny Chong was her campaign manager. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen or heard a peep out of her. You know, and he, like you mentioned, Hoyoi. What about Eric Chu? I'm Eric who? <laughs> Eric what who? about Wang Jinpin? You know, I, I, I just haven't seen any. Now we've still got the 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 chair election is next Saturday, so there's still time. So we may see, or Fu Quanchi for that matter, we may see some endorsements come out, and I'll be watching that very carefully. But here's something interesting because this is a by election, right? There's really only just over a year left in this term, right? So I'm wondering if a lot of these people are keeping their powder dry because they may want to run next May. Right. That's one possibility. Yeah. You've got to imagine at least at least Han, mm-hmm. maybe Eric Ju, didn't mm-hmm. he? And some others. So Yeah, I mean if you maybe know, even Ma Injo. Yes, I know. That's exactly because there was a, a bunch of potential candidates that people were banding about for this time. Yeah. And that did include Ma Injo. Wow. Yeah. Eric Chu again. He ranked fairly highly in the polls. Wayne Chang, Zhang Wanan. He would be, he would be unusual. Why? Because we looked in Wikipedia today, mm-hmm. and we looked at all the KMT chairmans, mm-hmm. and we we found out that the youngest one ever was elected. Sorry, maybe some interim ones were younger, but the youngest elected one is Eric Ju, and he was fifty four. Right. Followed so, by Ma Ying-jeou at fifty five. But, yeah. uh, but come on, Ma Ying-jeou was born 55. <laughs> He's been 55 since he was like you know, six well, years old. A lot of people think he was a really good looking guy when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm just saying. Do you remember when they'd go out and all the pictures of him jogging in the 90s yeah. and when he became Taipei mayor? And the he's underwear shot, and remember the, that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people were saying he's a really good-looking guy, and that helped him get votes. I never saw it. I could never imagine how they could say he was good-looking. I, I think he was a fairly good-looking guy. He had big eyes. and Maybe that was the big Big, eye. soft-looking eyes. Big ears. Yeah. And he has a fairly kind of strong-looking face. Is he single? Oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if if you listen to all the terrible rumors, apparently uh, Jim Putong was is, has already gotten him. <laughs> there are terrible rumors going around. Well, we won't Back share them on this show. No, no, never. So anyway, what's next on our list here? Yes, the China Airlines name change. All right, why don't we do that after the break? Well, welcome back. So we were just going to talk about changing China Airlines name. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people talking about it, and there's a petition on change.org. Has a position on change, petition on change.org ever changed anything? As far as I know, nothing, no. Okay. Um, but it's a good way to get attention to things. Now, Lin Jialong has been asked about this. Lin is the transportation minister. Mm-hmm. And the the transportation ministry is the biggest shareholder. So they obviously have a lot of influence. Now, his answer was that definitely it's worth considering, and but he needs to get consensus among society and this kind of thing, which may be just simply punting down the line, or it may mean that he genuinely wants to get some consensus and get some of the key stakeholders, diplomats may, may be involved right. and all that. But 
What are some of the challenges this would face? Well, you know what would happen? What would happen to its uh, ability to land flights so, mm-hmm. in in places where, you know, China can, China has in many many cases attempted to interfere with Taiwanese airlines getting landing rights in other countries. That's right. Yes. So if we change the name from China Airlines to something else, like mm-hmm. Formosa Airlines or Taiwan mm-hmm. Airlines, or maybe something, what would what kind of name would not be politically? You know, challenging yeah. and threatening. See, now, this issue is coming up, sort of a little bit of context right now, is because China Airlines is having problems being from Taiwan because, of course, internationally airports and travelers think it, it's an, an airline from China. And, of course, with the coronavirus right now, everyone's afraid of anything coming from China. So this name right now is genuinely hurting the airline. Not only that, but... It- uh, several times you've seen articles. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday, I was looking at a Guardian article, which was about coronavirus and and tourism and and whatnot, and they fronted it with a photograph of China Airlines stewardesses. <laughs> and, yeah, and we have so, forty one cases here. Damn it! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, later I went back to look, and they had changed it. So I oh, wonder good. if someone had complained about it. Okay, well that's like, good. You morons! Those guys are from Taiwan, but you can't really <laughs> blame people for getting confused. No, yeah. You know, if it says China Airlines, it's. It, and remember what happened when Chen Suibian changed and sometimes reverted uh, names back to Taiwan something like Taiwan Post, mm-hmm. right? It was the Taiwan Post, and then it became China Post much later. Uh, China Shipbuilding was Taiwan Shipbuilding. Mm-hmm. So, but in this case, China Airlines was never Taiwan Airlines. So it would actually be something that had no precedent in the history of the organization mm-hmm. and which would have international repercussions, especially since there's a certain international airline, air aviation body which doesn't let Taiwan participate. Right. Plus also, it's quite, it's quite possible that the People's Republic, if Taiwan's flag airline were to change its name from, say, China Airlines to Taiwan Airlines or Formosa Airlines – that it would react negatively and not allow it to fly into China. the People's Republic. Yeah. Now, my guess is if they were to rename it, they would try something really innocuous. In other words, for example, use their logo, Plum Blossom, name it Plum Blossom Airlines, something that's so unoffensive. Yeah, or beautiful island airlines. Or something. something like that, yeah. So that it would be very hard for the PRC to get really upset and say, this is all about you secretly or underhandedly promoting Taiwan independence. And I think that would probably be the way that they could kind of dodge that by picking something that's not quite so, and possibly even just changing the English name to something like that and leaving the Chinese name. Yeah. That would would probably be it. Because right now, China Airlines gets a lot of its business from, well, not right now because of the coronavirus, but... In normal times, it gets a lot of its business from flying passengers to and from the People's Republic. So they couldn't afford, really, to be out of that market. Exactly. So, whoops. So we, were, you and I were talking, speaking of the coronavirus, which everyone is talking about these days. Have you stocked up on food? Did you? <laughs> no. Did you just just gummy get bears? Prescription just giant bags of gummy bears. That is not food. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, so anyway, we we've both been admiring the everyone has been admiring Taiwan's response. Mm-hmm. And Foreign diplomats and yeah, it's so boring. You and I were saying mm-hmm. it's so rational listening to the experts. Yeah, and who's out in front talking about it? 
experts, not politicians. Yep. Tsai Ing-wen hasn't stuck her hand in the, there and said, you can't talk about this and that. Like, nope. Uh, the president of at least one superpower I could name. Gosh, I, I wonder who that <laughs> might be. Both of the superpowers. Yeah, for that matter. So, <laughs> so for example, uh, President Tsai, she hasn't canceled her inauguration, but she said she's going to scale it back. And she's, the, how much it's going to be scaled back will depend on the experts. Then there were calls for a crackdown on undocumented caregivers. Right. And the Ministry of Health and the head of the CCC, which is the command center for the, for the, for the outbreak, both of them came out and said, no, uh, that would only distract. And from a health perspective, we're only concerned about the health of people and taking care of the health. This would be an unwelcome distraction because we're health professionals. We want to concentrate on the health of them as people. Right. And it would deter them from reporting their status. Right. Yeah. And so the Thai administration has been essentially been approaching this in they're trying not to cause panic, but they're taking fairly strong measures to make sure that not only is the panic contained, fake news is contained, and that they're taking measures to stop the spread without causing a panic or a lot of fear. In other words, they're letting the experts run it, and it's just really boring. Where's Hanguyu when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> Hanguyu, he was out making new gaffes this weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say about 228? What day was it? Uh, 823. <laughs> now, the reason why this is so ridiculous. Well, there's an eight in both. You can't blame him. Right. And a two. <laughs> <laughs> And so essentially 228, of course, is has been seared into Taiwan's consciousness because this is when the KMT, of course, massacred tens of thousands of people. The exact number is not known. But and of course, it wiped out the intelligentsia and left a massive scar in Taiwanese society. And now Hang Yu is has a military background from a military family. And he came out and and so he's at a memorial for 228 victims. <laughs> and he, act, he instead of saying 228, he says 823. 823. What was 823? That was the second straits crisis in That's right. the 1950s. <laughs> Which, of course, in ROC military lore, this is a date that's very important to, to strong ROC nationalists in the military. Like Han. When they were being victimized by the communist bandits and they scored a victory against them. <laughs> but it gets worse. So he so he confused communists attacking the ROC with the ROC attacking Formosans. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it gets, what could be worse? Well, of course, now honoring the Xie uh, Xiehong. <clears throat> yeah who was a big advocate for women's rights. She was uh, one of the founders of the Taiwan Communist Party. And when 228 happened, she formed the 27 Brigade, which was essentially a militia to fight back after 228 on right. behalf of Taiwanese against the the incoming KMT troops who were launched the major slaughter. He confused her with Wang Xuehong, different surname, her English name is Cher Wong, <laughs> the co-founder and chair of HTC. And now, why don't you tell them why this is a, a, a very tasteless gaffe? Because Cher Wong is a well-known supporter of conservative causes, 
where Xie Shui Huang is a, is a communist yeah. who died and supported Taiwan independence to the end of her days, right. which Wang does not support. Right. And it's rather like confusing Rosa Luxemburg with Ann Coulter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on. That's a good comparison. Yes. So, yeah, Cher Wong came out against uh, – she funded uh, anti-marriage equality movements that backed Han strongly in right. the last presidential campaign. So, obviously, he would be some, she would be somebody who would be on Han's mind. Hmm. 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 Well, I think on that – happy note of confusion we should end today's show okay all right see you next week for another episode of current affairs taiwan and be sure of course to check us out on report.tw this has been brought to you by the taiwan report for more content like this become our patron at report.tw Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. It'll be a wonderful show. <laughs> Today's show is on the Aging Society. <laughs> There's a penguin on the telly. <laughs> One escapee from Jason Who's Zoo, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I call that our ICRT, the Penguin Pavilion, because the there's no pavilion. official English name, right? Right. I like it. <laughs> Sean, that's a white paper. <laughs> Donovan has surrendered to you. I'm here to negotiate terms. <laughs> here are our terms. <laughs> <laughs>